I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you that your word is incorruptible. And as we lay the groundwork for the seed of your word to fall on our hearts, I thank you today that our lives will be changed for the better. Use me as an instrument and an oracle of God to speak truths into the lives of your people. And Lord, as the seed of truth is planted, we'll leave this place and we can expect signs, miracles, and wonders to follow our lives as we do your word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Last week, we started a new series called Back to the Word. Everybody say, Back to the Word. Word. And this series is designed to make us aware of how important God's Word is for our lives. And since we live in a world, to me, that's uh, loose, very little values, there are no absolutes, and where righteousness is viewed as weird or abnormal, Believers need to choose a biblical standard that's always dependable. Listen, you may not be able to depend on the economy. You may not to be able to depend on your job. You may not even be able to depend on uh, maybe your spouse, but you can depend on the word. Amen. And so today's title, if you're taking notes, is The Word Within. The word within. Now, last week, we started with the word begins. This week, it's the word within. And the goal of today's lesson is to help you see that when we deposit God's word in our hearts and our minds, we are in position for our faith to produce the impossible. Amen. So I want you to turn to two verses of scripture. I want you to find Hebrews chapter 11, verses 3. Hebrews 11, 3, and then I want you to find 2 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3. That was Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, and then that was 2 Peter chapter 1, and then we'll start reading in verse 3 as well. God used his word to frame the worlds that we see. Therefore, we can use his word in us. To frame the world that we see. Now, I love this particular verse in Hebrews chapter 11. Because it shows us how powerful God's word is. In Hebrews 11.3, it says, Through faith, we understand 
that the worlds, notice that word worlds has an S on it, which means plural. The worlds were what class? Framed. Everybody say framed. The worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. In other words, we learned last week that in John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then we saw a parallel verse found in Genesis 1, 1 that says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it went on to say in verse 3, And God said, let there be light, or God said, let there be something, and, and there was something. And so we see that God started everything with the word. Well, we see here in Hebrews, it says that he framed the worlds with his word. Which says to me, we have the ability to bring into appearance what may not appear. One verse says this, call those things that be not as though they were. In other words, what he's saying is, say it so you can see it. The only reason you and I are seeing what we see in our lives today is because Of what we have been saying yesterday. Do you know you can change your life today. By changing what you say. If God framed the worlds with his words. You can frame your world with your words. You say well pastor is it that easy. You have to train yourself. To begin to say what God says and not what you see. Years ago when I was in college, I had a friend and her name was Marla. And uh, she was a pretty smart uh, girl. Uh, And first day of school, never forget. We were in uh, statistics and quantitative analysis. Very difficult class, you know, to at least pronounce. And so we were in the class and... First day of school, they pass out the syllabus, and they pass out the syllabus. And, and uh, she says, out of her mouth, I am going to flunk this class. First day, teacher had not taught a word. He just gave us the syllabus. Do you know she flunked the class? But her words, she framed her world by what she said And the reason I know that's true is because she had to take the class again and she passed it. If she passed it the second time, she could have passed it the first time. And so sometimes there are tests in our lives that we're not passing. And it's not because we don't have the faith or the ability. It's just because we're framing our world with negative words. Amen. So it says in verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, watch this, so that the things which are seen were not made of things that do appear. And so you and I, if we take a reality check, we're seeing what we're seeing because of what we've been saying. 
Amen. Now go to 2 Peter quickly. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1. Here's the first point I want you to write down. 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 3. You must intake the word before you partake of its promises. I'm going to say it again. You must, I must, we must intake the word before we can partake of the promises of the word. In other words, if God's word promised us health, before we can partake of the health, we must first intake the word on health. Now, in 2 Peter chapter 1, are you there? Say, I'm there. All right, I got my Bishop Jake's towel here because I'm going to preach to you this morning. Verse 3 says, and I'm going to read it without my reading glasses. According as his divine power has given, everybody say given. He's given unto us how many things? All things that pertain unto life and godliness, natural and spiritual. But this is how. Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Watch verse 4. Whereby are given, everybody say given. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Why? So that we might by, by these be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. In other words, he's saying, you know what? In order for you to be a partaker of the divine nature, in order for us to be partakers of God's promises, we must first get the promises in us. Amen. And what happens is many of us, we don't, we don't take the time to inhale or intake the word. I want you to write this down as a take-home statement. Write this down. When the word is within, it will reduce your sin. I'm going to say that again. When the word, everybody say the word. When the word is within, it will reduce your sin. Notice in that verse, in, in first Peter, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, notice it says that once we partake of these precious promises and we become partakers of the divine nature, we will escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. In other words, once the incorruptible seed of God's word gets inside of my heart, the incorruptible seed, watch this, is going to decay the corruptible seed in me. So watch this now, if I intake the word, my sin count ought to go low. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, is your sin count low? Now look at him again and say, that ain't none of your business. (laughs) When you put the incorruptible seed of God's word in your heart, It will destroy anything that is corruptible. In other words, listen, let me put it in this this term. God's word is eternal. Anything else is temporary. So if I have a temporary struggle in my life, if there is something I'm dealing with, 
the, the, the way to overcome it is for me to put the incorruptible seed of his word in my heart and the incorruptible seed is going to destroy the corruptible seed. Amen. Uh, why, don't, why don't we go over there? Well, I'll just read it to you. Write down 1 Peter 1, 23. It says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is as a flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. So the goal is to start in taking the word. And once you do that, struggles begin to stop. If you have a struggle of fighting, when you start putting the word of peace on the inside of you, the struggle that was on the inside dies because corruption has to yield to the incorruptible. Amen. Now go to 1 Timothy quickly. Go to 1 Timothy. Hopefully I can get my whole lesson in. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Watch this. God's word within acts as nourishment so that we're always spiritually healthy. See, I'm finding that there are Christians who are spiritually unhealthy. In other words, the only reason why People get natural diseases is because their bodies, for some reason, is not providing some type of nutrient that they may need. Maybe a part of their organs stop functioning to give them something. Well, we have Christians who are living in dis-ease because they don't have the seed, in the, uh, the, the incorruptible seed in their heart. So... In 1 Timothy chapter 4, my purpose in showing you this verse is just to show you that God's word supplies nourishment. Everybody say nourishment. Look in verse 6. If you're there, say I'm there. It says, if you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, you shall be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Watch this. Nourished up in the what? In the words of what? Nourished up in the words of faith. He said, you know what? In order to live a victorious life, you have to stay nourished up with the words of faith. And there are many malnourished Christians. Many of us are spiritually eating cereal every day. You know, there's nothing wrong with cereal. But if you eat cereal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, cereal don't have protein in it, as far as I know. Unless, you know, they created one. So basically, you can become malnourished as a Christian if we're not in the Word like we ought to be. Now, here's what's interesting. Go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Man, I found out something about God. God, he is so concerned about his word working that he decided himself to watch over it to make sure it works. 
I don't know if you got that. See, it's one thing to put somebody else in charge to watch it. You know, you can have your kids, your teenager to watch your three-year-old, and next thing you know, it's colors all on the wall, you know, holes in the wall, they lost outside. But it's another thing for a person to take personal interest and say, you know what, I'm going to watch it myself. Well, God decided, you know what, I'm going to personally watch over my word that you put in you, watch this, so that I make sure it comes to pass. You all don't understand that. When you put the word in you, when you put God's promises in your, in your heart, when you begin to consume God's word, he says, I'm going to watch over the word that you just put in you. I'm going to watch over it to make sure it comes to pass. So all I have to do is become a consumer of the promises and then God's going to make sure I'm a recipient of the manifestation of the promises. In Jeremiah chapter 1, look in verse 12. It says this. Then says the Lord to me, you have seen well. For I will hasten. I will watch over my word to do what? He says, I'm going to watch over my word to perform it. I'm going to make sure that what? The Bible put it like this. He's esteemed his word above his name. Now, watch this. No word, no manifestation. Little word, little manifestation. But much word, much manifestation. Can somebody say amen to that? God's word has what I call a sustaining power. See, how many here wear perfume or cologne? Let me see your hand. You know how you spray it, but then you take a bath or a shower, and the next day you have to put some more on, don't you? Oh, no, the Word ain't like that. The Word has a sustaining power where once you put it in, once you put it on, it brings some permanent change in your life. And, and uh, go, to, go to Isaiah real quick. Go to Isaiah chapter 55. Just go backwards. Since we're close to it. Go to Isaiah 55. God's word has sustaining power. In other words, whatever he assigned his word to do, he's going to watch over it and make sure not only that it gets done, but that it does not return back to him undone. Have you ever had your kids, you know, you told them to go and make up their bed. Then they come back. And you ask them, did they do it? And they say, no. That's not how it works with God. When he sends his word out, he does not expect his word to come back unless it's done. In Isaiah chapter 55, look now in verse 10. He says, for as the rain comes down and snow from heaven and returns not there, but waters the earth, And makes it bring forth and bud. 
that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Watch this now. This is God talking. He says, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. My word will not return unto me void, but my word will accomplish what I please it to do, and it will prosper where I send it. So when I begin to put the word inside of my heart, I can expect prosperity because he's watching over the word that I put in me that he's doing. Amen. God's word is so powerful. Write down Proverbs chapter 8 verse 29. It says this. When he, God, gave to the sea or the ocean its decree. That the waters should not pass. God's word is so powerful. That trillions of years ago. He told the ocean. I want you to go here. And stop. I don't want you to go any further. His decree was so strong. That even though you may have a tide. That comes in. Guess what? It's going back. Even though they had a tsunami. Tsunami had to go back to where it came from. In other words, once God decrees something, what he decrees is going to stand. When I begin to put his word inside of my heart, my life has to line up with what his promises say for me. Go back to Jeremiah. What well, you know, uh, let me skip, skip around. Go to first. Keep your hand in Isaiah because it's close to Jeremiah. But go to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. Now, that's in the New Testament now. If you, you're not familiar with the Bible, just go to your index. See what page it's on and find it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Because here's the deal. God's word within can comfort us. Or the enemy's words within can crush us. I'm going to say that again. God's word within can comfort us. But the enemy's words within can crush us. And that's why the devil focuses so much on the negative. Because he wants us to believe everything that's opposite of what God's word says. Now in 1 Thessalonians 4.18, watch this now. Very simple verse. They use this sometimes when they do funerals. But it's talking about those who died and and are going to rise with with the Lord in that day. It says in verse 18, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You say, well, Pastor, what does that have to do with it? God's word can bring some comfort in your life. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. My question is, Are the problems and the situation you're going through, do you have more word in you about that? Or do you have the comforter word in you right now? Because he says here, God's word will comfort us. Amen. It says his rod and his staff, it'll comfort us. And man, I'm going to tell you something. Listen, uh, 1 Samuel, write this down. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 11. Let me say what I just said about comfort uh, of God's word and the enemy's word. Let me say it a different way. Words can make you sad or words can make you glad. 
in 1 Samuel 17, verse 11, it says, When Saul, who was the king at the time, and all of Israel heard the words of the Philistine, who was Goliath, they were dismayed and became greatly afraid. Listening to the wrong source causes fear. But listening to the right source causes faith. Amen. Words can set you on fire for God or words can put your fire out. Have you ever had, I mean, you were just doing fine. Great move. Felt good. You and your wife or spouse, they, 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 they doing good. Y'all on the same page. And then all of a sudden, one of your friends drop a negative bomb on you. And start talking about how bad things are in their life. And the next thing you know, you're looking at what's going on. Everything was fine until they start. Well, he didn't fix you breakfast this morning, did he? Well, he never fixes you breakfast. It didn't bother you until now. I mean, let me just put this in for married couples. Here's the deal. There's always going to be somebody that looks better than your spouse. Number one. Didn't get no amens on that one, but that's fine. <laughs> Did y'all even understand what I said? Okay, because y'all was really quiet on that point. Somebody's going to look better than your spouse. They're going to look better than you too. Okay. All right, but here's, here's the deal. You can't divorce your spouse just because you feel like it. What does feelings have to do with being married anyway? What does love got to do with it? Now, we know love has to do with it. But see, you can divorce feelings from love. See, because some of you all didn't, don't feel like going to work sometimes, but you get up and go, don't you? You know why you go? You go because of commitment. You go because somebody committed to you that they would give you a check. Well, when you're married, listen, you have to sometimes divorce how you feel from what is really real. And I'm seeing so many flaky married Christians. I just need some time to myself. <laughs> well, you were saying that when you were single trying to get married. Well, I, I, I just need to find myself. Well, but here's a map score. Look yourself up. Whatever happened to death do us apart? Whatever happened to for better or for worse. But see, the problem is this, and I'm, I'm off track a little bit, but I, I, I got to say what I got to say. The problem is this. Your relationship with God has eroded, and it's very difficult to be committed to a person if you ain't committed to God. So people who tell me that, I just give them a spiritual test. 
How much time you spending with God? See that clock? Zero. <laughs> How much time you spending in the Word? Zero. But yet you want to make one of the biggest decisions of your life while you walking in the flesh. How many know the result of the flesh is still death? The Bible says a carnal mind is enmity. It's against God. So, you know, so if you're married today and you're thinking about leaving, let me give you some advice. First of all, if you don't have any biblical reasons for leaving, you don't need. Now, I'm not saying he need. you know, I heard, you know, one of our members said, Pastor, uh, my, my, one of my siblings, is, his, his, his brother is, is going through some tough times with his, with his wife. And uh, normally it's the man beating the lady, but in this case, the brother's kind of getting beat up. But in any case, guess what? In an abuse, you got to get out. But you can't get out just because... Somebody flinged you on Facebook. You know that girl that you used to like in high school. She didn't give you the time of day because you hadn't filled out yet. And now you grown. And she's just Facebooking you. I hope y'all can see this face I'm making. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Jeremiah 20, we'll close with this. Go to Jeremiah 20. Because I'm out of time anyway. What I'm trying to get you to see is that when you deposit the incorruptible seed of God's word in your heart, nothing is impossible to you impossibilities become possible. He said, call those things that be not as though they were because when you do that, my word is going to transform the situation from what it looks like into what I want it to be. When you start standing on the word, if everything around you has to change to conform to what God is saying, it's going to change. Listen, if God has to use you to walk on some water, you got to better get to stepping. In Jeremiah chapter 20, I'll close with this. Look in verse 9. I love this. This is so wonderful. He said, then I say. Let me put on my reading glass for this one. Verse 9. Then I said. I will not make mention of him, nor speak any, any more in his name. Watch this now. But his word is talking about God. His word was in my heart as a burning fire. And his word in my heart was a burning fire shut up in my bones. Words can make you sad or words can make you glad. Words can fire you up for God or words can take your fire out. And I'm saying to you today, put the fire of the word in and guess what? You'll put every negative situation in your life out. 
We can control how much life or death we experience just by filling our hearts up with the word. When you put the word in your heart, when you put it in your heart, the evidence will be when it comes out of your mouth. And when it comes out of your mouth, God is obligated to watch over that word to perform it. Amen. Listen, if you can believe him to to save you, you sure can believe him to get a new job. And I'm telling you, when you get enough experience with God, it ain't if God's going to come through, it's when God's going to come through. You get to a point where your spiritual confidence comes from the word and not the circumstances. This is when you look at Goliath and say, you know what? I killed a lion. I killed a bear. I'm going to kill you now. Oh, if God is for me, who can be against me? I'm still the head and not the tail. Oh, you might have took my job, but you didn't take my knowledge. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. See, I'm talking about having a spiritual rootedness in the word where the word governs your life. And listen, when the word governs your life, you will learn to submit your feelings to the word. I'm, I, I, I love them, but I'm not in love. I don't know why I'm on the married people. I love them, but I'm not in love with them. What does that mean? No, no, no. No, what you have to do is do the word long enough so your feelings can catch up. Okay, I'm out. Ooh, I'm out of time. Did y'all get anything out of the word? Come back next week for round three. Every head by and every eye closed. You may be here this morning or this afternoon, and you've never received.